It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Let's just be honest for a moment here. Looking around, let's see some of our Elevate kids. Uh, for the rest of us, um, we've typically lived long enough to have reaped the benefits of some good decisions we've made in our past and maybe uh, enjoyed the positive benefits of some of the good habits we've developed. And let's be honest, some of us maybe also have experienced the consequences of some bad decisions we've made and maybe some bad habits we've developed. That's just life. And so we kind of like live with this, I'm glad I did, or uh, well, I wish I had, or uh, glad I didn't, um, or I wish I hadn't. And this kind of thing of, bit of a sliding doors kind of moment. That's true for all of us. But one of the signs that you're maturing in life is when we start to appreciate the connectedness of the decisions that we make today and how they will, will, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a maybe, how they will impact what we experience tomorrow. So as we jump start into a brand new year, we're launching this series called You'll Be Glad You Did. Timeless advice for troubled times. Now, here's the thing. I'm gonna be teaching some things that I either wish I knew in my 20s, which is a little while ago, uh, or some I maybe knew, but I didn't put them into practice. And let's, that, that may be true for you as well. And it's going to be some very unoriginal advice, okay? But that doesn't mean don't turn up. It means it's timeless, unoriginal advice that we're going to be teaching, which kind of falls into the broad category of wisdom, timeless wisdom. We're not going to be teaching rules. That's good news, right? I'm done with the rules. We're not even gonna be teaching morals. We're not even gonna be teaching what's legal or illegal. We'll let you and the police figure that out, okay? That's, do that in your own time. We're gonna be teaching wisdom. Now, if you open a dictionary, you'll see a bunch of definitions of this concept, wisdom. I'm just gonna go with this one for the sake of today and for the sake of this series. Wisdom can be considered as insights informed by the knowledge that life is connected, that today impacts that tomorrow, tomorrow that, that one thing really does lead to another. Let me give an example. This is wisdom. When you come to appreciate the importance of not trading what you want most, for what you want in the moment. Just a little uh, pro tip, when we're teaching this, don't be thinking about that person. Just think about yourself. Like, let's start with the person in the mirror because they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, let me write that down for my kids. All right, 
or my spouse or my boss or my, let's start with you. And, and I'll start with me. But look, like this, this place, the idea of, if you've got some financial goals, don't do something stupid now financially that's gonna rob you of what you ultimately want when it comes to your finances. If you're currently studying and you've got some academic goals, don't do something dumb today that's gonna rob you of your achieving your academic goals. And this applies to marriage, any relationships, health, career, every area of life. And that's the thing about wisdom. It, it literally is universal. And again, for the most part, doing dumb things financially may not necessarily be illegal. It could be, but for the most part. Doing dumb things relationally, doing dumb things academically doesn't necessarily fall into the category of right versus wrong, legal versus illegal. It does, however, fall into the category of unwise decisions. And when we start to appreciate that life is connected, that what we do today will affect tomorrow, then the encouragement is to place more weight on applying wisdom in the decisions that we make today. Because wisdom does a couple of things. First thing that wisdom does, it actually serves as a guide. And here's the reality. As we sit here today, first Sunday of a brand new year, wherever you are in life, wherever you are in any aspect or even every aspect of life, for the most part, you've arrived there based on the decisions that you've made cumulatively up until today. There's some external factors. I appreciate that. But a lot of where we are today is the direct result of decisions we've made in the past. Good decisions typically get us where we want to go and unwise decisions typically lead us off track. And this is where wisdom serves as a guide. In fact, wisdom even fills the gap when we're not even quite sure what it is that we should do. Because some things we know. But some things are like, ah, wisdom can actually fill that gap. And, 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 and a pro tip is to just, just to pause when you're not sure and just ask the question, okay, I'm not sure I'd acknowledge that, but just what's the wise thing to do? It's a different question from what's the right thing to do, what's the moral thing to do, what's the legal thing to do. I'm not saying they're unimportant, but there's this another dimension What's the wise thing to do? Now, one of my, if you only read 20 books in your lifetime book list has this book in the list. The best question ever, question mark. Like, is this the best question ever by Andy Stanley? Andy leads a group of churches based out of Atlanta in Georgia. And uh, in this book, he actually stratifies this, this question, what's the wise thing to do? and kind of breaks it down, just a little bit more pixelated. And, and he frames it like this. In light of my past experience, my current circumstances, that's the second level, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? So in light of, you know, some things that happened in my past, some unwise decisions I've made in my finances, some poor health choices I've made uh, when I was in my 20s, some bad relational decisions I've made when I was in my 30s. In light of my past experience, so those things happened. 
and, and, and some of why I'm where I am today is the result of that. And then my current circumstances, like some things you're probably winning in, shouting from the mountaintop, I'm so smart. And other things you're like, ugh, probably some room for improvement here. All right. And then great. Well, based on then your future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? So wisdom acts as a guide. And the second thing that wisdom does, sorry about that, Greg, I'll uh, buy you a copy of the book for next Christmas. Your dad was taking a photo of that slide. Uh, Matt, you'd be very proud of him. <laughs> you can take him for lunch and say, he's so dad, you don't know her at all. Anyway, don't tell him I said that. Wisdom sets up guardrails. It, it keeps you a safe distance from danger. She's so like, oh, I wonder how close I can get to the edge and not fall off. Why? Why is that a goal? Wisdom sets up Guardrails, and we all need financial, moral, relational, health, etc. Guardrails. Because here's the reality (laughs) greatest regrets are often preceded by a series. This is normally when my phone pings and Siri says, What can I help you with? A series of unwise. Oh, she just did it on my iPad. Shut up, Siri. Go I'm preaching. How do you turn this off? If you're currently making a series of unwise relational decisions, then I, I could pretty safely guarantee you're moving towards a place of regret. If you're currently making a series of unwise financial decisions, then I could pretty safely guarantee you're moving towards what will ultimately become a place of financial regret. And here's why understanding this is so important. Very rarely do you experience the negative consequences of the first unwise decision. And so you're like, huh, got away with it. Well, Yeah, maybe, for now. Well, let's just edge a little bit close to the danger zone, shall we? Let's see if we can, mm. And then the second one, maybe you're still getting away with little or no consequence, but here's the thing, over time, a series of unwise decisions will lead you to a place of great regret. Here's an example. If you're currently making some financial decisions that you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is wise or not, share them with someone in your sphere who's pretty good with finances. And if they say to you, hmm, I don't know about that, then let me just say that's a clue that it's probably not a very wise decision and you're almost certainly moving towards a place of financial regret. Oh, I have a very bad joke written here. No, like, like bad. Like, like it's even in the... Ugh. All right, sorry, podcast people. Skipping right along here. Now, I'm going to steal this from Andy Stanley, wrote that book, great, uh, best question ever. 
he makes this observation, which I think is incredibly astute. Culture will bait you to the threshold of self-destruction <laughs> and then condemn you once you step through the door. You know, culture says, buy this. Doesn't matter if you've got the money. Do this, try this, don't do this. Stop this, start this, go here. And then you do it and they're like, you're an idiot. How could you be so stupid? You're like, what do you? Wisdom can keep us back from the edge of the danger zone. And it's only if we step into the danger zone that we start to accumulate some regrets in our life. Now, I get it. Some of you are like, uh, I thought this was meant to be a church message. Uh, this just sounds a lot like uh, afternoon television right now. Good on you, Dr. Phil. Fair enough. I get it. All right. So if you've got your smartphone camera, how about you scan this flow code? It's going to take you to the Bible. And it's going to take us to Matthew chapter 7. Now, there's four existing recorded biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is Matthew. He was one of uh, Jesus' hand-picked 12 followers. So he was very much, uh, had a front row seat to Jesus' life and ministry. I'm gonna drop us into what's now known as the Sermon on the Mount. A little bit of a sort of fun bible fact, but it kind of helps contextualize the importance of what I'm about to, to share. This is recorded uh, by Matthew and it's recorded by Luke. So Matthew gives the one-off, uh, Luke gives the one-off. It's pretty lengthy. It's kind of like the longest recorded message that Jesus taught. Uh, big brain Bible scholars, because so, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, if we stitch together the time, like the cumulative time of all the things that Jesus did that are recorded, like he spent three and a half years doing public stuff. If we stitch together the, the things that we've got him like written up as doing, it would run about two and a half weeks. So you're like, well, what were you doing the rest of the time? Well, if you've watched The Chosen, how many watched The Chosen? Okay, uh, I'll tell you the answer, part, part of the answer, what they're doing the rest of the time, a lot of walking. There's a lot of walking involved, okay? Just say a lot of walking, all right? A lot of walking, a lot of walking. They're all very lean, a lot of walking. Anyway, so when they weren't walking, uh, the scholars actually believe that this, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, was actually kind of Jesus' go-to sermon. So while we only have this one kind of snapshot in time, this is suggested that this is wherever he would go, he would preach this. And the reason I make that point is because he, he would preach this because this is kind of like, I've come from heaven and I'm dispensing some wisdom. And actually, this is the one I want you all to get. I mean, I'll do a one-off thing over here. I'll do a greatest hit over there. I'll do a special appearance over there. But this stuff, I'm gonna just keep on hitting it and hitting it and hitting it because it's kind of the most important of all the things that I'm teaching or certainly up there in the top of the list. So it's pretty lengthy. Matthew records him. He's just about to do the mic drop. Before he drops the mic, And, and, and I, by the way, I also know it's the first Sunday of a new year. A couple of, some of you had a couple of pretty big weeks. So I'm gonna read this. And when I get to the underlined word, I want you to read it with me out loud. Just one word, you can do it. Make sure that you're awake. All right. Therefore, so Jesus just dropped all of this great eternal wisdom, some, all these greatest hits, most of them packaged into one message. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, these words of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man 
who built his house on a rock. What we see right in this greatest hits moment is that the way of wisdom is actually baked into Jesus' teaching. It's not a parallel subject. It's baked into, threaded throughout Jesus. Just these words of mine is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now, to the audience back then, they would have all been like, yeah, we get that. It doesn't need any explanation. They would have understood in the absence of bobcats, uh, front end loaders, uh, jackhammers and dynamite that to build your house on a rock was actually taking the long road, the hard road, the most expensive, challenging road. And not everyone wants to do that. So Jesus didn't even explain it. He just says, but, but He did say that the wise person chooses that option and then explains why it matters. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And He's about to draw a contrast, but He wouldn't have even needed to. Because people realize you, you, the, the only other available option is the easy option. Just build your house on something soft. It's quicker, it's cheaper, requires less sacrifice. Just get it done. Well, okay, sure, until the storms come. Now, I'm gonna get you to read this word that's underlined with me in a moment. I just need to let you know though, this word starts with F. In the Bible, uh, but in this day, this word that you're going to read out loud with me actually carried like a lot of horsepower, like the original f bomb. So, so he's just he's just made a hero. Jesus just made a hero of the wise person who's taken the wise approach and put Jesus' words into practice. Wise, be that guy. Be that girl. Okay. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a fool. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Fool. Literally, it would have been, they would have been oh, he said the F word in that day. This is how dramatic a contrast Jesus was trying to make. He, he, he chose like, like, this is like the, oh, wow. Who built his house on sand. This is the person who hasn't yet figured out that life is connected. That decisions we make today, that easy options we take today, that, that shortcuts that we traverse today will have, will have consequences at some point in our future, and Jesus is calling us away from that kind of thinking. Now, let me drop a bit of bonus content. Some of it's bonus, some of it's like, I, just in case you're thinking this, let me kind of myth bust here. Uh, it's like, mm, hang on a minute. Didn't Jesus said we shouldn't worry about tomorrow? Like you're talking about regret and about decisions today going to affect tomorrow. Didn't Jesus say we shouldn't worry about tomorrow? Well, if you were thinking that, I'm not going to get you to own up. If you were thinking that, Jesus, correct. Jesus did indeed say, don't worry about tomorrow. 
He didn't say don't plan for tomorrow. Don't consider tomorrow when you make decisions today. Don't act uh, like a fool today. He didn't say that. In fact, the more attention we give to wisdom today when it comes to our decision-making, guess what? The less likely we have to even be worried about tomorrow. It, it sets up guardrails. Now, there's a very critical perspective when we read anything that Jesus taught. It's like, what's he selling? Like, what's, what's the motivation? And, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, if you, if, you know, for some people, maybe you're growing up thinking Jesus is like a cosmic policeman and he's just about to, his, his motivation is to catch you doing the wrong thing. Uh, he's, like a, he's like a travel agent for guilt trips. When you do the wrong thing, he's like, yeah. Ah. Like a mother-in-law, yeah. Well, good thing we're not recording this. Uh, <clears throat> but everything changes when we grasp this, that Jesus taught for our benefit, not our detriment. Jesus, he's known as a rescuer. He wants to help people get free. He also wants to help people stay free. And actually, if you catch things early enough, he wants to help us avoid needing to be rescued. Jesus is teaching for our benefit, not our detriment. He's actually trying to lead us to a better life. And let me put this up. This is kind of astonishing, putting my career on the line here. Following Jesus will ultimately make your life better and make you better at life. Now it's like, uh, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> There's a reason I put in ultimately and underline it. It, it. it won't be immediately. It won't mean that you'll go through life problem-free, challenge-free, any of those things. But the arc of following Jesus actually is Him trying to lead us to a place that's better, a place of freedom, a place of better decisions, wiser decisions, fewer regrets. And then ultimately, as we live and act and make decisions and, 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 and operate with wisdom as like a hallmark of how we operate, we'll become a better spouse, a better parent, not perfect, a better kid, a better boss, a better employee, a better neighbor, a better fellow student, like all the things that over time following Jesus and applying wisdom will cause this to be true. And that's why it matters that we're investing wisely into the stuff that matters in our life, that we're investing into relationships today because over time, there will be a payoff, that we're investing into our health today, making wise decisions, investing in our kids, investing in our education. And yes, of course, even investing financially and not spending everything you earn or worse again, more than you earn. Let me finish with this. And it's kind of the big idea of Jesus teaching this last bit. You know, it's like, be the wise person, don't be the fool. Um, like his ultimate big idea is that knowing and doing 
are two completely different experiences with two completely different outcomes. Now again, remember, think about yourself, not somebody you know when it comes to this. But have you ever experienced, again, this is you on the receiving end, have you ever experienced in your life, can you remember a time when someone was telling you something, like, like getting on you about something, and your best response was, I know, I know, I know. You don't need to tell me, I know. A few nods. But here's the thing. That person's not telling you that because they're assuming you don't know. They're telling you that because it's plainly obvious that whilst you may know, you're not doing. And here's the reality. Let me just peel this whole thing back. Do you know that knowing and not doing is exactly the same and will get you the exact same outcomes as not knowing? Hello. So, Knowing isn't enough. So here's my question as we move into 2024. It's a tough one. Buckle up. What do you know you need? Ooh, there's a missing word there. I'll have to talk to our graphic designer. You idiot! Sorry about that. What do you know you need to do, but you just aren't doing it? This is a, this is a question. It's not condemnation. It's a, I know, I know, I know. You don't need to tell me, I know. Great, you know. Now, here's the better question. Are you doing the thing that's gonna lead you to a better place. All right, before I, just one more thing because I can't look at that slide any longer. Uh, whew, that was brutal. Tara, brutal. Uh, I wish I could blame someone else for that, but I, I'm Tom Cruise. I design on my own slides. Um, by the way, the, the joke that I missed, was I'm not telling it, but just to say it had a Tom Cruise and a Kenny Loggins kind of, okay, I'll line up at the back, five bucks a pop, I'll tell you the joke. I mean, it'd be a waste of five bucks, trust me. Listen, just as we jump in, uh, Jesus is talking at, and, this, and, and, it, and He just preached this big, long, weighty, hefty, phenomenal Sermon on the Mount. And He says that, that we're gonna experience the benefits and the wisdom is putting these words into practice. Um, one of the things <laughs> is, as much as I say that knowing and not doing is the same as not knowing, well, but knowing matters. Knowing actually gives us the opportunity to do. And so this is the Bible app. We love the Bible. Uh, we love the Bible app. If that's more your style, you can take it anywhere you want. You typically probably already do if you have a smartphone. Uh, we highlight this feature that they dropped in 2023 where you can set Elevate Church as my church in the Bible app. So you have to have the Bible app installed, um, but you can set Elevate Church as my church. And every Monday, we drop a, a reading plan, a Bible reading plan that echoes the, the, the content that we've taught 
on a Sunday. Because here's the thing. One of the most depressing things that preachers ever learn as preachers is that most people at best remember about three minutes of your 30 minute message. I know, how encouraging. Who wants to be a preacher? Waste 27 minutes of your life every Sunday. And, and that's fine, I get that. And this is, a, this is like a, a way to double click on. This is a way to, 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 to drill deeper and, and allow God's Word to penetrate deeper so that we know more and know clearer and we can put that into practice like the wise person. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.